Welcome back, everyone, to Chip and Eric wear pink shirts through the Bible. Yeah. <clears throat> Chip, you are wearing the heck out of that pink shirt today. Well, thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. Speaking of um, pink shirts, <laughs> Yeah. today is day 321, Eric. Wow. That and is the day of pink shirts. It is. And we are going to read Romans 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. Anything to tell the people today, Chip? I want to say welcome to Chip and Eric Read Through the Bible. Glad you're with us. That is the real name of the podcast. It is. I think a lot of people tune in for the first time and they're like, wait a second, this is where pink shirts through the Bible? I thought it was Read Through yeah. the Bible. I do like to mix it up here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Something I'm working on with you, Chip, is yeah. getting you to mix it up once in a while. Well, thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. <laughs> Eric likes to state the obvious each time. So whatever is going on in the room at the time when he pushes play... Yeah. That's the name of the podcast that day. That's so absolutely true. Every day could be an interesting day, depending on what's in this room or yep. what we bring into the room, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, let's get at it. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors, and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel? No, for not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly God's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abraham had other children too. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor Isaac. When he married Rebekah, she gave birth to twins. But before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their own good or bad works. He, she was told, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of, scripture, of the scriptures, I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau. Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I'll show mercy to anyone I choose, and I'll show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to, to show mercy. We could either choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for this very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some, and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. Well, then you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them to do? No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and the other to throw, into, throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who are prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who were not my people, I will now call my people, and those who I will love, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And 
Then, at the place where they were told, You are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. And it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path, and God warned them on this, in the scriptures when he said, I'm placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stop, <coughs> a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way by getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes, The law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, Don't say in your heart, Who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say, Who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again? In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand, and it's on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They're the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how can they call on him to save unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? <clears throat> so faith comes by hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the world and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I'll rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I'll provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, All day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realize that the scripture, what the scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they've killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And do you remember God's reply? He said, no, I have 7,000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. It is the same today, for a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would be what it 
God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. So this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God they are looking so er for so earnestly. A few have, the ones God has chosen, but the hearts of the rest were hardened. As the scriptures say, God has put them into a deep sleep. To this day he has shut their eyes so they do not see, and closed their ears so they do not hear. Likewise, David said, let their bountiful table become a snare, a trap that makes them think all is well. Let their blessings cause them to stumble and let them get what they deserve. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, Think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. I am saying all this especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some of them. For since the rejection meant that God offers salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life to those who were dead. Since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the whole, because the portion gives an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You're just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say... Those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobey, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you'll also be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they'll be grafted in again. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You, by nature, were a branch cut off from the wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to the nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles come to Christ. And so all Israel will be saved, as the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem, and he'll turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them, that I make that I will take away their sins. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves, because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are rebels, and God's mercy has come to you, so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience, so he can have mercy on everyone. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge! How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts, who knows enough to give him advice, and who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. And, and that, that is, is our reading today. today. That is our reading today, Chip. And there's a lot of stuff going on in our reading today, Eric. Yeah. 
And so what's it tell us about God? <laughs> oh, gee. You like that? I do like that. Just dove right um, in. Here, let me give you a, a, a moment to pause and, and reflect. Thanks. Okay, what's it tell us about God? That really helps, Eric. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good. No problem. Oh, I'll say a few things here, and, and you can clean this up probably, but, no, we'll see. Um, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do. You know, he <laughs> chose his people, and we see that at the end, you know, how, how impossible for us to understand his decisions and ways. So we see he chose his people. He loves his people. And, and God has really, you know, it says, you know, he asks, has God rejected his own people in the nation of Israel? Of course not. Right, but they they sin, they turn their back on him. So, which made then room for the Gentiles yeah. to hear about Jesus, believe in Jesus, and so now we got a whole big party of believers going to be in heaven one day, um, and walking on the face of the earth right now. You know that are not Jewish, they're Jew- Jewish and and Gentiles. You know those who only believe in Jesus as their Savior. So that is awesome. That's amazing. God loves His people, Israel, and we're seeing that played out right now you know, um, in current events that's going on across the world, that's people, you know, uh, Israel has been attacked and they're either bringing justice and now there's all these demonstrations going on, pro-Israel, pro-Palestine. There's a lot of division going on uh, around the whole world over Israel, God's people. He loves his people. He's going to protect his people. Um, There will be all kinds of things we'll go through in the end times we read about. Uh, now and also in the tribulation, but uh, God shows up in victory in the end during the second coming. And it's amazing, not just for Israel, his people, but for all people, because of their rebellion, we were blessed by it. We were grafted in so that we are also part of God's family. So God caused something that was bad to be really good. And at the end, it's going to be really great Mm -hmm. when he um, has victory over evil. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so what does this tell us about us? Yeah, I love, um, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? I love that. Yeah. I love that. You just um, back up the progression. <clears throat> yeah. It's, you start with sent. It's called backwards planning, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, so we want people to get saved. Mm-hmm. Well, how are they going to get saved? Unless someone, unless they believe in him. And how will they believe in him if they haven't heard about him? How will they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And I just think, man, you have people in your life, everybody listening, Chip and myself included, you have people in your life that you want to be believers in Jesus. You have people in your life. So the question is, how will they believe? Um, how, how will they be saved unless they believe in him? And how will they believe in him unless if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Well, that's the whole point. Is we're all sent. Yeah. So, what does that mean? We better tell. Better start telling. <laughs> so they can hear. Yeah. So they can believe. Yeah. And I just think that that's awesome. And it's not, there's no pressure on us to make it. It's not a sales pitch, right? God God empowers that, you know, but if we ever want those people to believe, you know, then we've got to start telling. I posed this question to my students the other day, a couple, a few of my students, um, you know, when we talk about you know, having unsaved friends. And the whole purpose of having relationships is to increase our relationship with God, right? So like um, whether you're friends with believers and that builds up your faith or you're friends with unbelievers and you can work in their lives and let God use you to to hopefully reach them in their hearts. Um, and I, you know, the way I said it is if you were in the driver's seat or the passenger seat of a car, let's say both of you and your friend are riding in a car and there was a terrible accident and 
um, you both died and you both got to heaven at the same time or to the judgment seat at the same time. Mm. And Jesus said, you're going this way and you're going this way. How are you going to feel about that? And I think that that reality needs to settle in on us as we um, have these relationships with people. It is not enough to just be complacent and happy to have unsaved friends. You should have unsaved friends, but your desire should be get them saved. Mm -hmm. And how can they do that if they haven't heard and how will they hear if no one tells them? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think you have to beat your friends over the head with it, but I do think you have to distinguish yourself from the world and then be willing to talk to people about Jesus and share the gospel with them. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I, I, I'm seeing this played out um, in, in my own life with my, uh, my kids. You know, I mean, we have our moments. Believe me, it's yeah. crazy. We all do. We can all tell stories, but there's some really cool moments. And so um, Michelle had a friend come to church on Sunday mm. um, and he brought a friend. And so Michelle's friend came up to me after your message on Sunday. He was stirred by it and he wanted to know, like, how do I know I'm saved? Like, how am I going to heaven? Whoa. So right there in the front, at the stage there, I shared the gospel from bad to good. And I said, if you believe in, in Jesus as your Savior who died for all your sins, and he acknowledged, I have, I do, I believe in him. So I said, have you been baptized? He said, no. I said, we need to get baptized, not to save you, but then to solidify. That's the first act of obedience. Yeah, sure. Go public with your faith. Uh -huh. Talk to your mom. You know, and we'll, I can help him with that. Um, we know her. So uh, just be able to walk down that. So you just, it's awesome. You know, it's, you, we're sent and, and we sent and we, we share and people, part of that sharing is, you know, living out your faith, but also could be inviting the church and to hear a message and then have questions of their own so that they could be saved or be sure of their salvation. They, he, you know, really wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. He didn't know. I mean, he's been told all kinds of stuff. So, and that supports really the, cool. the, not a lot of pressure, right? Because like Michelle yeah, right, invited right. a friend and that was the friend's friend. Is no, that, that was the friend, but okay. he, but he so also Michelle, brought a friend. Michelle invites a friend. Yeah. And the friend hears me preach mm -hmm. and then asks you questions. Yeah. Like, we that's the way it is. That's yeah, the way yeah. that it is, you mm -hmm. know, is like the yeah. church kind of all working yeah. together. And he came to youth group that night. It, I love it. And probably heard a, an amazing message from Ben. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, good. Yeah. So like, that's what I mean. You know, you bring them into the community. So I love that. That is so cool. And that happens with adults. We see that all the time. Absolutely. And it, it, it's just, you know, we are sent, mm -hmm. you know, we are called, we are sent. And uh, we, we have a job. And there's different ways, you know, that can play out. But it's That's unbelievable. I didn't across. know that. Really cool. I love that Very story. Very exciting. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Okay. Well. Well, that's it. That's ending on a high note right there. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Oh, my goodness. Good stuff, Eric. Good stuff. All, all right. right. You guys take care. Have a great day. And give somebody a hug. We all could use all right. one. Someone you know and who consents to being hugged. Yeah, we have to say that these days. Yeah, yeah we do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ask for written permission. Yeah. Actually, go to the Chip and Eric website. It's www.chipandericreadthroughthebible, America's number one Newton-based Bible reading podcast for two years in a row to semi-ordinary pastors reading an extraordinary book to some amazing people. Website by allisonentz.org slash forward slash forms for consent for hugging that you have to have filled out before people you know who consent to have you hug them so that you can hug them dot html slash 2023 oh yeah get the get, get the most recent form the 2022 form you're gonna end up in jail yeah it's a bad form yeah it's didn't not work. good yeah it didn't work yeah, we're out sorry well. everybody yeah uh sorry about that yeah okay okay so go do that Thank and you. then hug someone <laughs>